Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you uh, and localize it as best as we possibly can. And we've got that cover angle covered here today. We're going to talk to Dylan Montz at the bottom of the hour. We'll take a look back to TCU. Of course, Dylan with the Ames Tribune, amestrib.com, and ahead to Oklahoma tonight. That game tips at 7 on ESPN2. If you can't be in front of your TV, you can hear the game over on the FM dial. Down the hall from us on 100.3, the bus, 7 o'clock uh, is the tip for that one. Oklahoma, Iowa State, Iowa State got them in North Norman in a close basketball game uh, late January, I believe that game was uh, was played. Uh, but they'll have a rematch tonight as they try and get back in the win column. Uh, Scott Dockerman's going to join us about eleven fifteen from the Athletic. He was one of the many that was uh, media members that made their way to Carver Hawkeye on Friday night to watch the Hawks. And if you heard the update, it was just about that again. The Jordan Bohannon show as he continues just to thrive at nut cutting time. Unbelievable. Uh, the big shots that this kid has made, particularly in this month as he moves his way up the uh, uh, the list of leading three-point uh, sh- shot makers in Big Ten history. And by the time it's all said and done, uh, his place will be uh, maybe not get right to the top, but certainly uh, towards the top of that. So it was, uh, Scott Dockerman's going to be here at 11.15. And then Monday, our guy Rob Doster from NBC Sports, collegebasketballtalk.com, NBC Sports College Basketball's uh, one of their national writers. He joins us every Monday and today at 11.35 as we recap a pretty entertaining weekend of college basketball. Trent Condon good to talk to you. I know you've got a busy week in store for you as you're going to spend a lot of time, a lot of next couple of weeks actually, the women, the girls this weekend and then the uh, boys state tournament next week um, at Wells Fargo Arena. You love this time of year, but it's a busy time for you. How it, are you? It is. I'm doing very well. Uh, a weekend of rest and relaxation outside of one thing as I was heading home Friday night, my headlights went out. Both. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Now the high beam still works, so I was able to get home. How many people flash their lights at you as you're oh, driving? Oh, good dozen. And it was—I mean, I was down, and it just happened. I mean, less than two miles away from home, so it wasn't that big of a deal. And luckily, I was cutting through town and not on two thirty-five. But so I had to deal with that. But outside of that, got ready to go watch a lot of college basketball, and now it is girls' state, and it starts uh, right now. Johnston and Urbandale. Seven of the eight teams in 5A it's from amazing. Central Iowa. So you've got coverage uh, during our show on Thursday, right? That's the semifinals? Yep. We will have play-by-play of the semifinals, 10 a.m. and 10, uh, 11.45, the two start times for those games. Yep. So we'll bring that to you. And then the championship game on uh, Friday night, 6 o'clock, will be the championship game. So we'll bring in play-by-play and then all throughout the week, updates presented by Grinnell Mutual Insurance. Good stuff. Well, we look forward to that. And again, you'll be doing that again the very next week. The boys uh, still some work to do uh, to be determined as to how those matchups are going to unfold. But stay tuned if you're a fan of high school uh, basketball. Uh, we will have you covered as Trent did during the wrestling tournament. Uh, not last week, but the week before. Well, uh, so many different places we can start. We can go back to Friday. You kind of had the news uh, as we were getting off the uh, getting off the air on Friday. The, the rumors that were out there. We saw Todd Bromenkamp a tweet about uh, a news dump, a pending news dump that was coming from the University of Iowa. We now know that what that was. Uh, there is a little bit of news. I don't want to, I mean, the story's three days old now. I believe everybody 
for the most part, uh, has uh, swung at this story, mm-hmm. whatever side they sit on. Um, I've got a take, and I'll, I'll share it with you in just a second. And, and But I do want to get to the games uh, because, I mean, I don't know what else can be said, perhaps, that already hasn't been said. But you had this uh, when we were going off the air. Todd Bromelkamp kind of alerted us to it, and then you shed some clarity into what you were hearing. Indeed, uh, Gary Dolphin uh, was suspended. Look, here's my only take on it, Trent, and... I'm kind of maybe going to ask for because I thought I'm six years old. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment. That's a compliment to me when the guy playing like King Kong, mm-hmm. like a beast. It doesn't even. Here's here's my here's my thing. If you're a fifty something, a sixty something, a seventy something, and I believe that we're going to have more instances like this, and it's going to be disproportionately my generation who is taught. Uh, Tom Brokaw, a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Gary Dolphin localizing a little bit. But it's going to be my generation that more so gets caught up in this, I believe. Because that, fil- we, that filter was not standard equipment when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that filter. If, you're, if you grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and just go back and take a look at the, the top television shows from that era. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying we shouldn't do our best to install that filter, if you will. We should. The world is changing. And it's a different demographic that is changing, and it's changing for the better. But I don't believe for one second, and again, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. I want to say my piece. I want to hear what you have to say, and then I want to get onto the games. There, there's, I cannot connect those dots from Gary Dolphin to what he was suspended for. I can't. I can see it, but there's nothing in there's nothing, and I don't claim to know Gary Dolphin as well as other media members. Talked to him over the years numerous times, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Gary Dolphin did not mean that in any kind of racist tone, in my opinion, whatsoever. And it's going to be the 60-somethings and the 70-something. Your dad's going to say something. Your grandpa is going to say something that makes you cringe a little bit. Yep. But you just have to remember that that filter was not standard equipment when our generation was growing up. We're changing. We have to change. But it's going to be a disproportionate number of uh, my generation, sadly. It's a different era. It's a different way of talking about things, different verbiage that you can use. The part of this story that that I continue to struggle with is people making this out to be the King Kong statement about Bruno Fernando. And this is the reason for it. That's not the reason. That's not the reason. This is a culmination of numerous things Mm -hmm. throughout the years with Gary Dolphin and Really, the basketball program, because mm-hmm. that's what this is about. Is it, is it as simple as Gary Dolphin's seats ending up in, in um, that apparently were, were close to McCaffrey's wife in Wisconsin and Madison, and the abuse, the ridicule, the, you know, the, um, it, it just was an unpleasant situation for her, and she found out that those seats were supposed to be, or, well, they, they got in the wrong hands, and mm-hmm. how did Gary Dolphin get him? I, I don't know the story to that, but that has to be a part of it, right? These are two guys, Freya McCaffrey and Gary Dolphin, wired differently. They're, they're just different kind of people. And, and for the people that want to put the blame there to Freya McCaffrey. No, it's Gary Barton, in my opinion. You, but will say, you know, when you look at, look at it from Fran's side of things, A, what you talked about, the tickets. All right, this is the voice of our guys, and he's given tickets to Wisconsin fans mm-hmm. to sit right that's not right. Giving or selling, we don't know. That shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Then he is calling out your recruiting on air. Can't you didn't do think, that. You can't do that. Can't do it. Just think of that perspective. Think of somebody that you work very closely with and, and you find out they're calling you out. Mm-hmm. They're, they're saying that you can't recruit as well as some guy at Pitt that's in his first year. That's not good. Nope. Nope. This comment singularly is not that big. This is a culmination of a lot of different mm-hmm. things. 
But the people that want to throw Fran McCaffrey under the bus for it, it's not right. This is Gary Dolphin's undoing. This is his own. This has nothing to do with Fran McCaffrey saying, we got to get this guy out. Mm-hmm. Gary Dolphin is making his – he's the one. Is it right? Is it too PC? Is it the culture we live in and it's gone too far? Make those arguments. I have no problem with that. But to say that this is just some the lamb out for slaughter that big bad Fran McCaffrey's going after, that's not fair. That's the part of this that, that has become frustrating to me. Gary Dolphin did this. We, yes, we can did. argue the merits and the reasons for it. We can do all that. In the end, Dolph said these things. He's going to have to make his bed. That he he, there, there's no question about it. And, and, and this isn't going to be popular, but I have no idea. I have no problem with the media being told you can't ask Fran McCaffrey about this And after a win. I didn't like the fact that you had to ask the kids that. Yep. Here, here's, the, here's the bottom line. The cowardly move that the athletic director showed on Friday night, that should be the talking point here mm-hmm. today. He's the one that, that the media needed to talk to. Not Fran McCaffrey, a win or a loss, whether it would have gone their way or wouldn't have gone their way. Maybe today you bring that up. Maybe, maybe in a, in a teleconference, or, but not after, not after a game when you should be talking about the kids and the team. I have no problem with the media being asked and subsequently uh, following those instructions, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. It's Gary Barta who should be and is drawing the angst and should be drawing the angst of this. Anything else? Because I want to move on. I'm ready to move on. I'm sure this conversation will filter in throughout well, the Well, because apparently Learfield and Dolphin are meeting this morning. If you're uh, Mark Morehouse, I believe, was the first to have that on Twitter, that that meeting is taking place somewhere this morning. What that means um, remains to be seen. You can, we can speculate all we want. Oh, they're going to come to their senses. They're going to put him back in front of the microphone. He's never going to work another Iowa game again, football or basketball. They're making it official. I mean, those are the two extremes. Mm-hmm. Something is happening apparently today. We don't know what it is. I'm sure that uh, maybe before our show comes to an end or before the local programming comes to an end on KXNO, we will know. But let's talk about games, shall we? Let's do that. And we that. can talk about that game, and then we'll get into the Iowa State game as they lose to TCU. Uh, TCU sweeps them yet again. Uh, and they've got a chance to beat Oklahoma tonight, or they play Oklahoma tonight as almost a double-digit favorite at home, and we've seen that that has not gone well so far at Hilton. Uh, but the Hawks, he did it again, Trent. He absolutely did it again, and we're, we're getting accustomed to this. We almost almost expect Jordan Bohannon to emerge with that cape in the final couple of minutes and to make shot after shot after shot. Everybody in the, in the building knows who it's going to, and yet they're falling. They are. They they continue to fall down the rankings, and I think there's justification behind it. There's reasoning behind it. Yes, I was winning these games. The games in the past that they wouldn't have won. You look at the collapses we've talked about, you know, the famous ones of, of 2015 and 2013. They wouldn't have won these basketball games. So they're winning. But I understand it, because if you watch this basketball team, and you watch the way that they played against Northwestern, they were mm-hmm. bad for 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. 36. Bad. Yeah, thir- thir- 35 and a half. All right, we'll, we'll split the difference. Rutgers, there were stretches. They didn't play well. Rutgers is better than people think. They I watched them are. beat Minnesota last mm-hmm. night, come back and beat Minnesota last night. Rutgers arrows pointing up. But they anyways, have six wins. Yes. The Indiana game for Mitch at home. Mm-hmm. You're getting outplayed, and we mm-hmm. know what happened against Maryland, and they had to try to flip the switch, and it wasn't enough in the end to get it done. This team isn't playing great basketball. Now, if you look at it strictly, at wins and losses, get it. But when you take that overarching view, when you look at a big picture, this team isn't playing great basketball. They have a stretch here now with three of the last four. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that they lose three out of four and limp into the Big Ten tournament. Still as a six seed, still in good shape, but 
they're still an NCAA tournament team, mm-hmm. but not playing their best basketball. And that's the part I tried to verbalize to you last week. This team isn't playing great. They're finding ways to win. Right. Garza was much better on Friday. He was, and they got him involved right away. Mm-hmm. But there is a concern. And, and I would be concerned about rankings and top 25s and tournament seeding. Just be concerned the way this team is playing. You can get away with it against Northwestern and Rutgers mm-hmm. and even Indiana this year. But you're not going to be able to get away with it in the first round of the NCAA tournament. No. Or you're a five seed no. and you got a forward in the round of 32. Mm-hmm. You can't play this way and expect to win those games. That's where the concern really should lie. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I understand uh, I understand where you're coming from on that. They have been, I don't want to say lucky. They've been fortunate. They've been, they've been fortunate to, that, to, to win those a games. A softer edge Yeah, it is. It is. Because, because it's true, because they're making plays. Yes. That's why you can't say they're lucky. They're right. making plays. If, if the shot against Rutgers would have bounced off somebody's head and went in, okay, right. that's lucky. Right. You're making plays. Yeah. You, you got a, a break. You got a bank from the corner that is seemingly impossible to do in a game situation, but they did it. But they are making plays. So you do have to give them credit there. And Bohannon down the stretch. I mean, you talk about the rarefied airs of, of great shots and that great zone, shooters. That zone, Trent. He's in that zone. He wants the basketball. He he has that it factor. You can't measure it. You know I love Ken Palm. There's mm-hmm. nothing on Ken Palm that says clutch. Clutch gene. There's no way that you can measure it, but he has it. Whatever that is. No, he does, and uh, he's been. It's been amazing to watch him in this uh, in this run that he's on right now. There's, I mean, everybody knows who the ball is going to. Yet he finds a way uh, to score when it when it's needed most for his team. Well, they got another opportunity tomorrow night as they go on the road. They've got a six o'clock tip uh, tomorrow night at Ohio State. And of these remaining road games, it is Ohio State, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Is this the most winnable? Because the Nebraska Nebraska's playing the worst, certainly. Yeah. The but Nebraska, it will be it'll yeah. be senior day. Mm-hmm. You'll see Same as in Madison. Yep. Glenn, Glenn Watson will be playing his final game. Mm-hmm. Certainly Wisconsin's the most difficult of the three. But I think I'd argue maybe Ohio State of the winnable factor might yeah. be number the most winnable of them. See, none of these games to me are yeah, okay, I'll, I'll put Wisconsin at the top of the list, but I'm, I don't—it's a winnable game. Yes, yes. It's not overly daunting. No, it, no. It's not, oh boy. Right. Here comes this mm-hmm. team. And there's three teams that right now that, that in that in that conference that you don't give much. They, I know they beat Michigan. Yeah. But, but Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue are a class above everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know how big the gap is to the next one. I like Maryland. I do. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin, I don't believe that they're— they belong in this conversation. I don't. Um, Nebraska, who knows what they're going to be, uh, the final game um, of the regular season. They could have folded up the 10 at See, that I point. I think they will of Trent. I do. I mean, That's yeah. what we talked about before the Indiana game Friday. Mm-hmm. Give them a blow early, and this team probably is going to wilt. Indiana jumps up to 8 nothing the yeah. lead. Same thing, I think, though, for that Nebraska game at the end of the season. You get up on them early, you stretch that lead to double digits, they're done. Okay, nice I career. I think the four seed is going, and I do... I think we've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. Four seed is going to be tough. Nearly impossible. I think it is. Uh, the five is going to depend on the Wisconsin game, in my opinion. It's whatever way that game goes. Uh, but we'll see. I'm, and we'll start, we'll start tomorrow night. Now, we'll start tonight with Iowa State as they try to find their way back. Trent, um, I don't know how many people, 
you listen to throughout the months of January and February, uh, calling Iowa State the most talented team in the conference. Yep. There were numerous uh, national, local that all felt the same way that this is uh, the most talented roster uh, in the Big Twelve. And look, those people that have said that have been proved wrong. They're playing mediocre basketball right now. They're the fifth best team uh, in the conference uh, as we sit here today, having been swept by Baylor, having been swept by TCU. Oklahoma comes in tonight. That was a close basketball game in Norman. Jacobson said they're out of sync. Wigington agreed with Jacobson. There's something wrong. Is is, is as Mariel Shayok goes, so goes this team because he has really struggled. Uh, throughout the month of February, I'm sure I could probably go back and find one game that he didn't in this month. But for the most part, Shayok has not been the Shayok who led the conference in scoring uh, into the into the month of February, and it was almost unstoppable at times in January. Nick Weiler Bab, who I love. I'm not sure I'd be buying stock in Nick Weiler Bab like I was in the month of January. I'm looking to uh, ditch some of that Weiler Bab stock right now. I think he's playing too many minutes. Is he hitting a wall? Is the fatigue factor creeping in with him? What are what's he averaging? Is he 37 uh, 37 minutes? Right in that range, yeah. He's he, got to be, right? Yes, yes. Uh, too much. It's too much. It's it's time to push the button that we've been talking about seemingly for months now, and that is it is time to insert Lindell Wigington into the lineup. It's time to make him a starter. So to start him? Put him in the starting lineup. Go that route. You have, don't you have to do something here? This team is too talented to be going down this road. But are they? Yes, absolutely. Do they have the, so you, but you don't think that this is the most talented roster in the conference. Oh, They've yeah. Got some, you really do. Oh, yeah. Who's more talented? I mean, Texas Tech is playing pretty well. They Kansas are playing really well. Guys. They still I think that's more Chris Beard. Maybe. So is that a knock on Prome? Could be. I think you could look at that. Mm-hmm. This stretch, this team should not be getting swept by TCU. They shouldn't be getting Horton swept Tucker's by Horton Tucker's a really nice player, but yes. he's uh, streaky. Uh, Shayok is really streaky. He's having a bad, bad month. Weiler Babb has hit a wall. Uh, Halliburton won't shoot, does a lot of other good things. He's struggling when he does shoot. Jacobson's a nice role player. I think that Michael Jacobson, no one saw the amount of minutes he's playing and his role on this basketball team. Wigington has not been Wigington of his freshman campaign. I just don't think he has been. Lard has been better as of late. Mm, Who am I missing? But you're talking about a team that seems to have hit the wall. We came into this season, this is the deepest Steve Prohm team that he has had at Iowa State, and it's not close. Well, he's only playing seven guys, so I don't know how we can call that a deep team. Well, that's on him. Uh-huh. That's on him. Condit saw the floor for, what, a minute? A minute, yeah. I don't even think it was a full minute. And then George Condit can give you minutes. He can give you a stretch. You can play at times, and that's another thing. They've been so un- unable to adapt to different things and to go big lineups a couple of times and go, and instead of just playing basically one power forward as your center and that's it, mm-hmm. Go big a couple of times because you have the roster to be able to do that. And that's with Condit? Is and that with Condit and make him a part of it. And have Tally get a few more minutes. And can we see a little bit of Terrence Lewis? No. I just, I, at this he, point, I don't think he can. He has been relegated to the bench. Mm-hmm. Zion Griffin... They didn't give. He had minutes early on the season. He was when they, hurt. I saw he was in a walking boot. I think one of the one of the uh, Iowa State media tweeted on Saturday. But you have these pieces, and they didn't use them. And uh-huh. now you're talking about Meryl Shayok. Boy, it seems like he has hit a wall mm-hmm. offensively. His legs aren't there, well, and he, he has taken foul, a step back. He had foul trouble in the first half uh, on, on Saturday. But that, this has been three weeks. No, I know he's not been good, Trent. He's not been good. I, we, I've said a number of times. Look, one of these days he's going to wake up and he's going to go off for 30, 35 mm-hmm. points. And I keep waiting for but that because waiting. he's capable of that. 
Um, and he's had a couple of big shots at, at crunch time. Got to give him that. I mean, not in the Bohannon era. Right. Uh, but he's had a couple of big shots. But there's something wrong with this team. If indeed this is, and I don't believe it, but a lot of people do, the most talented roster in the Big 12. Um, you know, when are we going to see it? It's been a long time since we have. Maybe the Texas Tech game was the, you know, you go back to Lubbock. This is going to be easy. This is not going to be easy. The trip to Austin next week is not going to nope. be a picnic. Texas Tech, not going to be easy. Last four games, they go. What? Who's the third game? Who am I missing? West Virginia. West Virginia. That's a six o'clock tip too. I should have had that. Uh, a week from Wednesday. Right. Um, oh, that's a win. Oklahoma. They should win tonight in front of the home folks. They really should. If this game, win or loss aside, if this game's even tight going into the last four minutes, is that a, is that okay? Something really is wrong. This isn't a bad stretch. There's something deeper here. They're a lot better in Oklahoma. That, no, they weren't. They weren't really when they I mean, were. Doolittle had a really big that, game against that them. That was a road game, uh-huh. and you found a way to get it. I'm fine with that. I'm fine against the West Virginias of the world in the conference this year. Tight game, down to the wire. Road games are different. This is a home game. Mm-hmm. And, and coming not, out the heels. It's not gone well at Hilton this year. No, the losses. The last two times they've been in Hilton, walked away with else. Yeah. We're not, we're not talking about, this isn't a national championship Kansas team that was coming in and beating them. No. This is a TCU and Baylor. Right. And by the way, Kansas is over, right? Are you ready to go there yet, or you still want to wait till after tonight? I'll, ta- I'll talk to you tonight. Talk to you tomorrow? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about 10.05 tonight. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll have my come up. You know, I had a lot of crow over the weekend, too. On... Well, because I, I was throwing dirt on the Hawkeyes after Indiana. Oh, stretched the you lead did, to six. yeah, yeah. yeah. Fr- Fran Fade, I think you called it, it February Fade. I it had was. a question mark in there for, yeah. but yeah, that was that was a bad look. Yeah, no, it was. That was the look. It was a good win for Iowa. I, I watched the Drake game yesterday. I listened yes. to Hassel do the, do the play by play. I love the fact that he worked Buddy Boy in after being requested to do that late in the game. Um, they had their chance. I mean, Sturts had a had a look with under a minute, mm-hmm. open, wide open three. And missed it. And then he came back a few seconds later, front end of a one-and-one, and he missed it. Um, I'm not saying the stage was too big. He just had a couple of bad shooting. But, but look, Drake had an opportunity to win that basketball game. They were down big at the uh, at the half, or for the most part, in that first 20 minutes. They were just discombobulated. Had a nice comeback, took the lead, couldn't hold it. Uh, too bad because Loyola lost again yesterday, mm-hmm. but they're still in good shape, Trent. They're going to hit. They're going to hit the St. Louis at worst. I would think as a three seed, playing that three six game late on Friday night. You and I's playing well. They've uh, moved up. It looks like they're going to be in the late afternoon game uh, in St. Louis in that four five spot right now. So, look, at least we're going to hit the month of March. Uh, on a whole, with a whole different attitude as we did this time last year. Are you ready to get your tiebreaker scenario abacus out? Because there is a real possibility we could have a four-way tie for the regular season title. In the Valley. In the Valley. Now that is you and I winning their final two games. Mm -hmm. Loyola dropping one. It'd have to be to you and I this Mm -hmm. week. Drake losing a game at Missouri State. And Missouri State. That could happen. Losing one game and they finish up. Oh, with Drake. So that's how it works. It's a pretty simple equation. A four-way tie and Drake and you and I involved. Yeah, the future odds on that. You're yeah, probably, you're you're sitting happy right now. No, absolutely. Go back to October and yeah. and, find, and find the odds uh, of that happening. Uh, they they would be high. What else? Michigan, Michigan State was really good yesterday. Michigan State, like give Izzo credit, right? He did mm-hmm. it. He did it again. Saturday night, Texas Tech just hammered Kansas. They never gave him a chance in that basketball. I game. went away from the game. It was just it was boring. Wasn't it was. It? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I turned over to live PD. You, you did. <laughs> I did. I mean, I waited till probably ten minutes left in the game, yeah. so it, it seemed like there's no way that. Uh, Kansas is going to be able to come back and win this game. There was never really, they were never in the basketball game. Uh, Duke was fun. How about Tennessee? 
yes. the way that they lost money. No Tremont Waters in the no, game for LSU. that's a great point. I had already locked in my bed. Well, here's the lost one. Great. Yeah. Start off 0-1-1. Trent, there was a foul, foul called 80 feet from the basket with under a second left in the game. It, it was tied up. 80 apiece, I want to say at the time. 80 apiece. Yeah. They, um... You had to make that call, they, though. It's I a foul. think it is, but is it with a second left in the game? Yes. It was Williams that was, I think he got called for the foul. I'm pretty sure it was him. You get paid to officiate 40 minutes, not 39 um, minutes and 59 seconds. But do you see that very often? No, not very often. Not as much as maybe you should. No. Uh, But that that was an unfortunate loss for them. Anyways, Mm -hmm. we'll do all the national stuff with Rob Doster. He's coming up here uh, at 11.35. Another great weekend. Boy, you know what? Uh, What I found, I am digging these Friday night games at Carver Hawk. Yes. I really am. I think they found something there. Um, if Gary Bart is still employed uh, when this when it comes time to you know at least try and twist some arms for some scheduling favors next year, if they get two like they did this year, I think they should. I think the fan base is lapping this up. I really do. And I don't think you want to oversaturate it. You want to don't no, want to do too much. Two's good. But this, good. there was three. Remember that Wisconsin game before conference play really got going. Was that was also that a, a Friday. I didn't remember that. I'm almost positive. Now i got to check to make sure that I'm not, not all wet. Not saying you're wrong. Not saying you're wrong. I just don't remember that. Friday, November 30th. So there was three. Now, uh-huh. that, that was Dolphgate 1.0 before 2.0. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> That's maybe, how we're going to remember maybe, the Maybe Dolph doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like these Friday night games. He's only got to call one of the three. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's, I think timing-wise it works out well. The problem is as, as the Big Ten has extended their schedule, and it used to be, me growing up in the 80s, Thursday night, Saturday. Mm-hmm. You had a travel partner, yep. you go and you play Michigan and Michigan State. And it's going to be on KDSM. Yep, and that's the way that it was done. Mm-hmm. And then it evolved. Larry Morgan and Mac McCausland. Yes, and it became, eh, we got some Tuesdays, Super Tuesday on ESPN. You know what, let's get some Wednesday. And, and it's moved, and now... With the Big Ten Network. It's all week long. For that. And it's great. It's great. Yep. It, it's a different way of doing things. But that's the reason that... But during this time, and over really the last four or five years, you've heard a lot of outcry, is they hardly have Saturday games anymore. Mm, That's true. used to be what mm-hmm. it always was. Mm-hmm. And so many Sunday games. And what was it, a year or two ago, they didn't play well, Saturday no, home last game. year, I'm pretty was sure. Was it last year? I think it was last year. They didn't have a Saturday home game yeah. in the Big Ten. Well, if you're not going to get as many and you got a few more of these Sundays, and that can be more difficult for people, Friday night works. Yeah. So you've come around because I know you weren't. Well, a I hate it fan. personally. Yeah. But I understand with the fan base because it of works. the because of your crossover yeah. with high school play by play coverage. Right. So it's a selfish thing. For selfish, part. yeah. For no, selfish I, reasons, I, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But everybody else seems to like it. Mm-hmm. They're filling the building. Like yes. There's a lot more in the building than there were for the Maryland game see, yeah, on see, Tuesday night. A, well, the, yeah, true. But the weather was god awful. True. Yeah. And who had a cats and Refson did the game on Friday, right? Yes, they did. Any cats? I love. You're not a Refson guy. Revson's good, yeah. I like them both. I, th- I thought that was a good team. I uh, don't like him as a color commentator. Andy Katz. Andy Katz. Doing interviews, great. Mm-hmm. Writing, perfect. Mm-hmm. Not the color guy I want. Not your cup of tea. Nah. Right? I like him. Yeah. I got, yeah, he's, he's all right. Well, like they, pizza, right? Yeah, that's Everybody right. Likes Everybody's something a different. different. Yeah. But we all like it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Dylan Mott, James Tribune, comes up next. One, if there's any football news, maybe that can pick up this fan base a little bit. What is the number tonight? Nine, eight and a half? Nine and a half is what I is saw it this nine? morning. So there's a chance we get to double digits again. That has Good. not gone well as a double digit <laughs> favorite it. at Dylan. No, has it. And uh, a quick update here from Grinnell Mutual down at the Girls State Basketball Tournament. The eight-seeded Jayhawks from Urbandale, yes. who began their run, a game over 500. Leads number one seed Johnston 37-21 oh late in the second quarter. Gotta be kidding. They're up 16. Up 16 with a minute 25 left. 
updates all day long presented by Grinnell Mutual. So you 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 followed this very closely. Yeah. Uh, um, is this? I mean, did you could any could you make this case at all? That, no, no, no. Was, I, was were, were the dragons dominant as 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 you would think when they carry that one seed beside their name? Oh yeah, they're they're really good now. The depth of the CIML is immense, mm-hmm. and even them with a couple of losses this year, they're really good. They're really talented. The surprise is just the Urbandale factor here. This Urbandale team, what they have done, what they've accomplished this season, they were came over 500 going in, and now Urbandale, when, I want to see when these two teams played this year. Let me find it here. Earlier this season, Urbandale, yeah, Justin beat them by 19 mm-hmm. in their first matchup. Beat them by 26 in the other matchup. Wow. And now the Jayhawks are leading by 60. 18 now make it. Do you believe in miracles, Trent Condon? Boy, isn't state tournament. I mean, just one and done, a bracket in front of you. It doesn't matter the sport. I love it so much. That would be a monumental upset yes. to start this tournament off. We'll take a time out. Dylan Montz will join us next. We're here until noon. Scott Dockerman at 11.15. Uh, Rob Doster, NBCSports.com at 11.35. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXN. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, taking you until noon. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, about 11.15. Rob Doster, NBCSports.com. He's their college basketball columnist. He will join us uh, at about 11.35 as we go around college basketball from a national perspective. Dylan Montz covers Iowa State uh, football right around the corner. You know what? I don't want to start there. I want to start on a positive note. Dylan, how are you, first of all? Yeah, doing well. How are you? Doing pretty well. You know, I enjoyed that piece on Twitter. Uh, Hakeem Butler training with Megatron. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to know what the price tag is on that to be able to uh, to have that guy actually help prepare you uh, for this week's NFL Combine. One of the best, and you know, sadly his career ended. Uh, walked away from the game uh, certainly prior to uh, uh, his skills eroding. But wow, when I saw that, that got my attention. How about you? Yeah, if there's one guy you would want to learn as much from as possible, it'd be Calvin Johnson. So uh, it's always kind of interesting to see where different guys. Uh, where their paths take them after they're done uh, with school and kind of go train on their own. But, yeah, Keen Butler, it was kind of a, a fun interaction. And um, I'm actually going to be at the Combine this week, so it'll, it'll be kind of interesting to hear uh, maybe what Keen said about what, what that experience was like and, and how he's kind of used it as he goes into this next phase of his career. That is awesome. Dylan, uh, first time at the Combine, I'm guessing? Yeah, it will be. So I'll be there for a few days at the end of the week and and, uh, get to chat with uh, David Montgomery and Akeem Butler. So kind of um, hit all the main topics with them and and catch up here as they're kind of um, you know, hit these next few stages. Well, I'm already looking forward to our Friday hit yes. <laughs> as we sit here uh, first thing on Monday. Well, uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, anxious to see, you know, just how much access you get. Boy, it blow me away if we get a video today on Twitter of Montgomery training with Emmett Smith or something <laughs> like that yeah. uh, in anticipation. So you'll, you, um, you don't get to actually watch the uh events you i mean i think you get to go to the press conferences to the but you don't actually go in and see the 40s or has that changed media wise do you know uh, they they started to let uh, a few more people in but it's usually the pro football writers um if if you're in that association and then since ESPN is televising the the action on Saturday i believe i think they're allowing 
people like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay mm. and there's some ESPN personnel, but um, just uh, for the, the general assignment writers and, um, you know, the, uh, the schlubs like me, uh, we won't be able to get in and see. But I think they're slowly starting to allow at least a few more of the high-profile people in. Dylan, let's jump over to basketball and what we saw on Saturday. TCU, a team now that has the season sweep and certainly solidifying themselves in the NCAA tournament, rebounding an issue. This team, they're out of sorts right now. Wrap your mind around what's happening with the Clones basketball team. Yeah, uh, out of sorts is probably as good a way to put it as any. Um, they're just disjointed, I think. Um, you know, certainly offensively, going two for 20 from three is, is not going to get it done. And, um, you know, they this is a team that, that needs, frankly needs to shoot well from three because they only play with one big at a time, and mm-hmm. that's not going to change at this point in the season. So I think, um, you know, finding ways to get guys like Wendell Wigginson going is important. Obviously, if you can get Taylor Horton Tucker to shoot like he did against Kansas State, that's big. But Nick Weiler Babb has struggled obviously yep. uh, from late from outside, and, and you know he he needs to be at least um, you know he can be a volume shooter, but he needs to uh, you know hit it a little bit better clip than he has been. And then uh, defensively, yeah, the rebounding is an issue. Uh, you know the the uh, ball the defense around the basket mm-hmm. has, has been kind of out of sorts. So um, not really sure what's going on. I mean. I, Guys hit a wall, I guess, at certain points in the season, but everybody's kind of hitting it at the same time this year, and um, obviously that spells trouble. Yeah, I'm with you, and we thought that, and I, and I do believe that they tried to limit the the number of easy baskets, but we, yet we saw that early and often uh, again in the TCU team. And this is an Oklahoma team that, at least matchup wise. They're not going to come in here with a seven footer that's just going to blow you away and think he's going to be able to dominate and do whatever uh, he wants uh, in this game. They, I don't think there's, they have that guy uh, on the roster. This was a close game. Iowa State was able to prevail. Shayok got hot late. You know, the two seniors in Weiler Babb and Shayok, you kind of mentioned it, the, the wall. Um, is it fatigue? I mean, we're trying to, everybody wants to find the answer as to what has happened to this team, and particularly so in this last couple or three weeks. Is it just the fact that they've been forced to play as many minutes as they have, Dylan? Yeah, uh, in Shaq's case, not playing last year and then taking out a completely different role this year from what he's had before, maybe that plays into it a little bit um, because he had shot so well early in the year and then obviously early in conference play too, but um, you know, they ask a lot of him, and, and rightfully so, he's proven to be a capable scorer, but um, just ha- hasn't seemed to found the, the rhythm that he did earlier in the year. It seems like um, the old Miss game is the last time everything was totally, and then I guess if you want to throw Kansas State in there, which is, um, you know, almost feeling like an anomaly at this point based on what they've done the last uh, two weeks or so, but um, he, he's been out of sorts, and, and Nick Weiler Babb, he made some uh, crucial shots against Texas, especially that one late. Um, but it really hasn't. Uh, he, he's been kind of more the the, the facilitator, but they're going to need him to go out and be a scorer too, especially if if some of your younger guys are uh, struggling a little bit. So I, I'm I'm not really sure what the the magic answer is to to get those guys back on the same page. But um, maybe it is a team like Oklahoma coming in home uh, because uh, you know the way they dropped the last couple. Um, this is a team that you're going to overmatch uh, on paper, and so. Um, doing it out on the floor is, is kind of maybe what cheers some of those things, just to have some positive reinforcement. Dylan Moss from the Ames Tribune joining us. Dylan, uh, we mentioned last week in our conversation, seeing Wigginton on the floor even more. He plays the most minutes of the season, playing 33 minutes against TCU. A sign of things to come, or 
just the game flow went. That's the reason for it. What do you read into Wigington out there 33 minutes? Yeah, Mario O'Shannon got into foul trouble, right? He had a couple mm-hmm. early. So I think um, maybe that plays a little bit into it. But uh, like you mentioned, we talked last week. I think the key maybe to getting some of that offensive rhythm back is to get him in at the under 16 and not wait till 14 minutes left. Maybe mm-hmm. it is getting him in to get a little more run just so he can find his flow and find his shot a little bit sooner. So uh, I, I would think that'd be a sign of things to come just because they've hit such a wall. Um, maybe you, you just try to shake things up because, um, you know, like I said, you're not going to go out all of a sudden and start playing two bigs or, or you know, playing five guards or anything. You're, you're going to try to do little tweaks. So maybe it is giving a guy like Wigginton a few extra minutes. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if that was the case tonight against Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, Dylan Mont James Tribune is our guest. Oklahoma comes in; they've won their last two. They won at TCU and then beat Texas on a uh, in a real close basketball game the last time we saw them. So it's not going to be easy yet. Here they are; they're almost a double digit favorite again at Hilton this year. Uh, this is their next to last home game of the season. Texas Tech. That's going to be no picnic a week from Saturday as they'll say goodbye to the senior class and close up Hilton for the season. Uh, you know, you take a look at the re- the remainder of the schedule. There's winnable games, but at the same time, Dylan, this team's going to have to get back to playing the way that they were in order for them to not even use, lose another place in this conference. Yeah, maybe it's a blessing tonight that they're not uh, quite a 10-win favorite. Maybe if they can kind of hover around that 9 or 9.5, they'll be <laughs> safe because the last couple times it's, it's gone against them. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly some games out there that, that can kind of get them back on track and feeling good as you head into March, but... Um, yeah, you mentioned Texas Tech, who I, I don't know if anybody, I'm sure people watched the, the Texas Tech-Kansas game the other night, and that was just a, a shellacking in, in Lubbock. And, um, you know, you have games at West Virginia that are out there at Texas. And that, not, like we easy. talked about last week, um, you know, I consider Texas even tougher place than, than TCU. So, um, you know, there's certainly opportunity out there to kind of get your mojo back and, and good vibes back, but um, they're – None of them are easy, and I guess that's what it's kind of the opportunity cost is. Is uh, you know, you, if if you kind of climb the mountain there and get them, then you feel pretty good. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, particularly tonight against a team that, on paper, again, you're better than what your response is after having a rough couple weeks. Dylan, it's getting late. We're still searching for answers with this team playing two bigs together, Wigington in the starting lineup. Different conversations that we've had. Is it too late for Prome to start to push those kind of buttons, or do you think there's still time to to try to figure it out, at least lineup configuration-wise? Yeah, maybe maybe you do a little bit more with the guards, but I think as far as two bigs, it's a little late in the game. I think um, you kind of establish what you are and, and kind of throw that type of wrench in and maybe disrupt things a little bit too much. Um, and again, uh, not to say things have, have done well the last couple of weeks, but I think um, then you just remove yourself further from, from what made you successful earlier in the year. So I think um, it is giving guys like Wigginton a, a little bit more run, uh, playing a couple of those guards together that maybe you don't play as long as stretches together. Maybe you, you see them a little bit more out there. But, um, yeah, I don't think you're going to see an identity shift, just um, maybe a little bit more of, of tweaks inside what you've already done. And, and again, trying to find that um, 
that that togetherness that you had earlier in the in the Big Twelve play for sure. You know, and you go back to that game on Saturday. I I'd be hard pressed to find a game where I was shot. I was state shot ten percent from three. I mean, they were two of twenty, Dylan. They're going to that's they're going to be better than that. They you know they make two more, they win the game at least. You know, simple as that. Uh, mathematically, I know, know there's more to it, but boy, they just struggled to shoot. That 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 reeks of fatigue to me as well. And, and you like some of the looks they were getting. Even Wigginton's three at the buzzer there when they added the four tenths of a second. I think. Yeah, I don't think he got it off though, did he? I think that was going to be late. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm going to say you'll take that look. Yes, absolutely. And, that's it. and so I think um, maybe that, like you mentioned, that is where fatigue plays in. Is you know, guys are. You know, played a lot of minutes, and it's kind of the disruption of, of guys sitting out and coming back and coming off the bench. And uh, there's just there's there's been a lot of ebbs and flows through the year. And so, um, yeah, I don't I don't know what it's going to take, but again, um, maybe tonight will give some sort of indicator about um, you know what that's going to look like. Well, help set up your coverage from Indianapolis this week for your subscribers to Ames Tribune or people that read it online, AmesTrib.com. Uh, when will you get there, and what do you hope to accomplish when you uh, are over at the combine? Yeah, so I'm going to uh, get there on Wednesday and uh, and stay through Saturday, or you know, start making my way back on Saturday. But um, definitely going to get Team um, Butler and David Montgomery, as I mentioned, maybe a couple podcasts for people to check out, and and certainly some some stories there. So um, and hopefully, find some other Big Twelve personnel that can kind of complement um, what those guys say and. Uh, you know, again, there's going to be that place is going to be crawling with NFL personnel. So hopefully, some thoughts on on what those mm-hmm. guys' future looks like in the league. Good stuff, Dylan. I look forward to reading it. Look forward to talking to you about it on Friday in our normal spot, Dylan Montz. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you, Dylan Montz. Good stuff. Ames Trib sending Dylan over to uh, cover the two Cyclones as they participate in the NFL Combine. Any desire on your part in your career to go over there and do that? No, that doesn't sound fun. At it all. has grown, Trent, oh, so yeah, much. Yeah. It's amazing. Radio Row over there. No PA's yeah. there the whole week. He's well, I shouldn't say the whole week. The Combine mm-hmm. doing his stuff, and it's going to be. How about you? You're a big football guy. Yeah, I would like to do it. Really? I would like to do it, but it's, it's, the timing is so bad, right? Right, it's yes. Just, this is such an important part of the year in college basketball. Mm-hmm. If there was ever a year to do it, it wouldn't have been last, last year. year. Right. Yes. Absolutely. But everybody stunk in the state. Right. I hope we never have to go through one yeah, of those uh, again. Yeah, that was that's an anomaly. That's not going to happen. Ah, Drake had a chance yesterday. I, was enjoy, I enjoyed that game. Yeah. I enjoyed that game. They're fun to watch. They are a fun team to watch. So potentially a four-way tie you said at the top that's not a stretch that's crazy it is boy mcglynn's emotional isn't he on the floor yes yes he's animated he did the same thing gets you and i he he plays with his heart on Mm -hmm. his sleeve like to see that no i do ellingson was good Mm -hmm. um one of the best shooters in the country when you look at statistically what he has done and noah thomas tough bot for Uh him taking over point guard after the injury for norton you can get a little wild at times a little wild but boy, speaking of fun to watch, that guy when he's going and the team is going, yeah, worth the price of admission. What? Uh, any update on Murphy? Did you hear anything? Because I, I don't didn't. think he came back in the game after he went out. Um, right, he's a big part of that team mm-hmm. too. Uh, but look, Drake is uh, moving the needle at least uh, way more than they have in, in the last decade. Let's be honest. We'll take a time out. Come back. Finish the hour. Scott Dockerman in about oh, twenty minutes or so. Twenty five minutes. We'll hear from Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Uh, Rob Doster, bottom of the next hour as we go around college basketball from a national perspective. Shelby Mastar, bracketologist, he's going to join us today. Have you seen the latest on that as far as the two locals? 
Where's he have them? I know you he, lock in every morning. I do. I love it. Uh, Iowa State is now a five. Uh, Iowa is a six, both in the Midwest. Oh, I like that. Get to the Sweet 16, you play to Kansas City. That would be the case if indeed Shelby's got his bracket right. But a five for Iowa State, a six today for Iowa. Trent and I continue. Uh, we are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXN. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Scott Dockerman, 20 minutes on Iowa. Uh, Michael Oss just tweeted, Trent, that uh, Learfield and Gary Barta will address the Gary Dolphin situation at some point. Better late than never. Didn't say today, though. They well, said they're going to address they'll it. They'll get around point. to it in June. Yeah, that's... Um I don't know if better late than never. That should have been handled on Friday. That should have been. Without a doubt. Even if it, well, Learfield's not going to be there to uh, to speak, but uh, Gary Barta certainly was. And cowardice act on his part. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. That not a surprise bad. either, as we've seen no, throughout the years. We've seen that. And yet he gets to the Big Ten media days and... You know, he talks to you for 35, 40 minutes in that, in that scrum. And yeah. nothing's, I mean, nothing's out of bounds at that point. Just like to see more of it, right? Not, not, uh, uh, not after the game or not having to ask the kids for crying out loud. And why did they sit and linger on this until game day when it finally came out? That's just it. I mean, a lot of people went back on social media and tried to find a tweet of any kind mm-hmm. that was critical of the comments. Again, I would have said it. I would have said that. Yeah. I, I could see myself saying something like that and not even giving it a thought. My generation, that filter was not standard equipment when we were in our informative years. It just wasn't. I, I Gary Bar, uh, Gary Dolphin, rather, that was, in my mind, I, I can't even go there. I really can't. That was a compliment. Yeah. As far as Gary was concerned. Compliment. Uh, anyways, we'll find out more perhaps today or... The, at some point. <laughs> yes, yes. There was nothing definitive uh, in the tweet that we've seen, the most recent one anyways. Hopefully that. Scott Dockerman doesn't get called over as we're scheduled to talk to him here in 15 minutes to Carver. I don't think he will, but maybe we'll, we'll, we shall see. All right, we'll come back with the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, again, Iowa State and Oklahoma tonight. We'll do that before more of that before we get out of here. Big, 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 big spot tonight for the Clones as they try to get back in the win column. Oklahoma's playing well. They went on the road at TCU, then followed that up by a home win against a Texas squad that we both think is better than their record indicates. 11 o'clock hour is next. Trent and I are here with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.